Welcome in, folks, here on Big Move Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and today we are going to be previewing the New York Giants matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. That game is set to kick off as one of the later games, 425 Eastern Time on Fox. Who else is not excited, or who who else out there is excited about getting to see <laughs> this Cowboys Giants game that we all know, despite if one team is is struggling and having a rough year, it always ends up being a hard fought battle. It doesn't matter if one team is winless and the other is sixteen and zero; they will always find a way to make this game exciting. So, going into this game more optimistically, hopefully than the last one with expectations of, of maybe some big plays, keeping the Giants in this one. But there's a lot of things that go into this, this Cowboys team that people have talked up as a potential contender or at least a favorite to win the NFC East. And you have to point to, first, Chris, the, the blatant big name that has been a driving force for their success, which is Dak Prescott returning from injury. And he looks like he did not take a single step back from that crazy start that he had to the 2020 season. And that is going to be a major determining factor. And if the Giants can play well in this game, based on how well they can corral Dak and prevent him from having what we've seen him already do this year, which is a 400-yard multi-touchdown day. Yeah. Dak Prescott, he looks like he hasn't... Not only not taking a step back, he he hasn't missed a step. It almost looks like he never got injured. He's just picked up right where he left off. And, you know, I I have a hard time hating on Dak Prescott because I have always been a fan of his, going back to his time in Mississippi State. And really the one constant for him has been improvement. He got better every year at Mississippi State. Uh, you know, started out. People thought he was just another spread running quarterback, and then he just kept getting better and better as a passer. And now, as a professional, he has just been getting better and better and better. And now he has so many weapons around him, and Kellen Moore's scheme is so so potent and so flexible. There really is no way to effectively counter Dak Prescott right now. Yeah, the the thing that I always pinpoint here is Dak working alongside Mike McCarthy within that offense was a was a pairing that was you know it was it was almost perfectly put together that that Dak has has since taking over and and playing within this scheme has just done so well it has done nothing but click and the only thing that impacted the trajectory that they had last year was the severe major injury that happened in the game that we all remember. And now he's back and he's fully healthy. So we're obviously going to be talking a lot about Dak this week. And you also have to mention the fact that he is supported by a very, very potent passing offense. The The reason why they produced so many yards, the reason why they looked so good against the Panthers last week, which was supposed to be one of the best secondaries and one of the best defenses in the NFL after the first few weeks of the season, they kind of disproved that because of all the different heads that they can go to. CD lamb didn't really necessarily have like a big game last week. I, I think he's on my fantasy team, which might be sacrilegious to do as a, as a giants fan. 
Uh, I don't think I got very many points out of him. But the thing is, when you can't get the ball to C.D. Lamb, oh, guess what? Amari Cooper's over there. Or you also have Michael Gallup. You have a lot of options in this Cowboys receiving group that makes it really hard to really shut down one guy because the talent is there across the board. Yeah, I suppose the one minor saving grace right now is that Michael Gallup is out. Uh, he's on the injured reserve, and it was reported uh, very recently that he's not going. He's not coming off this week. I, I feel like he's getting close, but he'll he'll be missing this week at least as far as the latest reporting that I have seen. But they also have Dalton Schultz at tight end who has. 20 receptions already this year. Uh, Amari Cooper's got over 20 receptions. CeeDee Lamb has over 20 receptions. They also have Tony Pollard, who can catch and run. Yet They have just options all over for Dak Prescott. And that's not even counting keeping the ball on the ground with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And if absolutely necessary, Dak. Yeah, those options really make things easy for Dak in this offense because he's just got so many different people to go to. And the you know, the tight ends that they have, Dalton Schultz, not necessarily like a big name in, in the tight end group in the NFL, but he's a, a quality tight end that produces in an offense that finds opportunities for him to get the football. They also have pretty good depth in that receiver group for the Cowboys. So even when you don't have a Michael Gallup, you still have other guys to turn to. And you've already touched on a little bit here, which we know, regardless of Mike McCarthy taking over this team and, and being known for a high, highly aggressive passing offense, they still lean on what has been the Cowboys' identity since Zeke came into the league, which is being a running football team. And Tony Pollard took off this season in what seemed like he was going to be the primary back. But then here comes Zeke the last couple of weeks, the two really big games and it has turned into a two-headed monster and the Giants very recently have had some struggles corralling opposing running backs. We saw that against Alvin Kamara last week. As soon as Blake Martinez is done for the year, it seems like there's really not much of an effort to slow down the running game. So this is probably going to be one of the more difficult weeks to slow down the run. This is a matchup where the Giants could probably find ways to scheme and uh, prevent the passing attack from completely exploding and they could probably slow down some of these receivers just because we know Patrick Graham is that good of a defensive coordinator to do that. But the the run game might be what this shifts to if Mike McCarthy is proactive. He might say, you know what, they're they're doing a really good job of covering these passing concepts that we typically go to. But we know that since Blake Martinez is gone, Reggie Ragland and company aren't tackling at all. So we're going to just run the football with our big offensive line. And if the Giants don't slow him down, that could be uh, uh, a factor that could kill them defensively. Yeah, and really the the Cowboys' passing weapons make defending their running game really a pick-your-poison situation for really any defense that faces them, uh, except maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one there when they were fully healthy. Yeah, Dallas has a good run-blocking offensive line right now. They rank fourth. They're tied with the Los Angeles Rams at 76% run block win rate per ESPN. But with their passing weapons that we already went over, and also we forgot to mention Cedric Wilson, you know, who 
also has two touchdowns on the season already. Uh, a guy we don't really think about all that often, but you know, even he's producing. You get that 11 personnel package out there. It, defenses have absolutely no choice but to defend against deep passes and to lean on their nickel or even dime packages because you know you have to double Amari Cooper, you have to double CD Lamb, yeah. Then you have to think about Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson, and you know maybe getting a pass out to a back out of the backfield. You know before you know it, you, you're pretty much forced into playing a six man box, and then all they have to do is audible to a run and they're in a favorable matchup there. It it is really difficult to defend. Yeah. And these are just all the things I think listeners need to be aware of coming into this game. And it's, it's not, uh, sometimes I feel like we hype up the opposing team too much and I don't want it to seem like we are. And it's not an impossible matchup that they just can't stop. This is good offense, but those are the things that are going to be really, really key that we've brought up here so far is that they have a lot of receivers and you have to be almost perfect in your coverage and your defensive play calling if you want to slow that stuff down. But the thing that could then kill you if you do slow that down are the efforts in the run game and the offensive line that this team has. We saw a battered and banged up Saints team completely body this Giants defensive line and pass rush last week. And this this can't be the same thing against a much more talented and consistent group. They're going to need to play up to the challenge. And I think that this game really does start up front with with the matchup between what is supposed to be the strength of the defense, the defensive line, the interior guys mostly, and what is the underrated strength of this Cowboys team, which is their offensive line. It's kind of weird to think of their offensive line as an underrated strength, but right <laughs> after you know, Travis Frederick retires, you know they they go through some shuffling. Tyron Smith is somehow you know it, it feels like he's been in the NFL for forever by now, but he is still good. Tyler Biotish, yeah, he has he's playing like he did at Wisconsin before that final year, which even as final year wasn't bad I still don't know how he fell as far as he did in the draft but he yeah he's playing well Zach Martin is still good yeah they have a good offensive line it might not be as good as it once was you know a couple years ago but they can still create movement up front in the run game and they can still pass block well enough for Dak Prescott to find an open man and really, that's what—that's all they need from their offensive line. Yes, certainly. And, and we've got some things to cover here defensively for the Cowboys. This group is much improved from last year, and you know we we highlighted the fact that there are a lot last year that their their defense was struggling. They had a regression at linebacker. They were dealing with injuries. There were a lot of young players in their secondary. And they go super aggressive in drafting defensive players this offseason. And that young core group has really, really helped this defense improve for the Dallas Cowboys. So, like, you have Micah Parsons, who was who was their first-round pick. You have Osa Owadigizua. And, Chris, you had pointed out to me earlier that they are the top two rookies. Is that what you said in terms of yeah. pressures? Yeah. Both of, of them? Of all of the... Defensive rookies, 
Micah Parsons is number one in pressures. Oso Digazua is number two in pressures. And that, yeah, we both really liked Micah. We, we both wanted the Giants to draft him last year. So it isn't really a surprise that he's having a, a great rookie year already. Yeah. I was on the record as being a fan of Osa's. I'm not terribly surprised that he has been disruptive already, but mm-hmm. the fact that he is past Christian Barmore, he is the he's past all of the other edge rushers who were selected high. Uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, Aziz Ojolari, uh, really uh, Quiddy Pay, all of these guys we've spent so much time talking about as potential first round picks. This defensive tackle, most of the time, is past them in in terms of pressures, and you know the way he goes about it is something I think the Giants are going to have to watch. Now, Micah Parsons, he plays all over. He'll play hand of the ground defensive end, which he had to do with Demarcus Lawrence out. He'll play as a stand up pass rusher. He'll rush from the left side. He'll rush from the right side, and he will still go back to playing off ball linebacker at times as well. So that's a ton of versatility and then osa yeah he's not quite 6 280 he is undersized for a defensive tackle but he's got some long arms 34 inches and he is just a an explosive leverage monster he starts out under offensive lineman's pads and he just either pushes them right back in the pocket or blows right through the gap past them uh, you know, that was the thing that jumped out to both of us, I think, at the senior bowl. And he's doing it against NFL linemen now. And he seems to be getting better every week. He's at least getting more productive each week. Maybe that's matchup. Maybe that's him just getting better developing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, it's both something to keep an eye on. And also, Dan Quinn. Dallas's new defensive coordinator likes to move Osa around too. Uh, he'll play in either B gap. Sometimes he'll even get moved out to a seven technique and play as a defensive end in a four man front, which is, you know, that's a whole different issue for an offensive tackle where all of a sudden you're dealing with a guy who's almost as big as you are and as strong as you are, but he's about five inches shorter than you. I find it so damn ironic that the Cowboys ended up with the correct uh, Oadigizua brother (laughs) and the Giants ended up with the one who doesn't know how to play football, of course, when they drafted him a few years down the line. And this is the guy that we were banging the table for and he has turned into a disruptive menace. You know, who would have thought that he's not he's not Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that he's Aaron Donald. No one is Aaron Donald, but he kind of has that mold of being a lot smaller and because he's smaller and still very explosive, it's hard to out leverage a guy like that. And that's why we're seeing Osa have a really good start to his career. It's going to take a while until teams figure out how to handle a guy like that because he has a very unique athletic profile. You usually get monstrously big dudes playing his position, but he's, he's very, very unique. And then maybe because he fell because of his size a little bit, that's why people overthought him and the, and the Cowboys ultimately benefited. I was saying to you before the show, if Andrew Thomas is fine and he's not dealing with any alleged injury that, that you were hinted at, that Ed had indicated that he was limping a little bit at practice, 
if he's fine, I really do think that Andrew Thomas wins the Micah Parsons matchup. But at the same time, it almost doesn't really matter because I don't know if I really trust the interior guys or if he get if Osa gets asked to go against Nate Solder, if he gets moved that far out, which I don't know if that, that'll necessarily happen. But I don't know if I really trust the interior guys going against Osa. It could be one of those things where Andrew Thomas has a good game. He slows down a very talented rookie who has shined so far. But because Osa is just on a different level and the Giants interior group is such a freaking mess right now that Osa could have a lot of tackles for loss in the run game. And then maybe he could also get a few pressures here and there. Yeah. And also they, they move those guys around so much. Yeah. I would be surprised if Dan Quinn leaves Micah on the defensive right, offensive left, and just leaves him there all game. If he's not making any kind of headway against Andrew Thomas, which given Thomas's uh, track record against speed rushers, I expect to see them try that. Mm-hmm. But I also fully expect them to to try Parsons against Nate Solder or Matt Peart if for some reason Andrew Thomas can't go and Solder slides back over to the left tackle position. And then Giants also have to worry about Randy Gregory. He's still there, and he has had a pretty good start to his season as well. Yeah, Randy Gregory is really benefiting from actually having some players to play alongside of. And I almost wonder how much more complicated would this be if they all had Demarcus Lawrence? I, there's actually not much more to wonder. I think it would be potentially a nightmare for an offensive line that, that is struggling. But hope, thankfully, the Giants offensive line does have a little bit of momentum coming into this week, going against a, a bit of a different pass rush profile, a bit of a di- different defensive line profile compared to this one. Um, but we, I also would like to mention what has been a really underrated, actually not underrated. We we know that this guy is good now. He had a really underrated rookie season, but Trevon Diggs has uh, ascended so far this year playing in what was the perfect defensive scheme for him to land in because he's a long, tall corner. People really crapped on him coming out of Alabama as a rookie. He shined and had some big plays, but man, the guy has five picks in four games. And this is a, a, a spot where maybe they put him on Kenny Galladay and they try to see, all right, who wins that fist fight where they're just going to be going at each other the entire time. And Daniel Jones just needs to be smart and say, if there's a jump ball, let's not throw it to the guy who who's picking off quarterbacks at a absurd, uh, uh, obscene rate so far this year. <laughs> yeah, the- that is, I think, going to be one of the keys to this. You know, in my defensive preview, I noted as one of the Cowboys' strongest defensive, uh, one of the one of the strongest aspects of their defense is their offense and how they are able to use their offensive firepower to really push opposing offenses out of their comfort zone to force them to throw the ball and to take more risks than they really want or are comfortable or are able to take. And Trevin Diggs has been a huge beneficiary of that. Yeah, he is a great fit in this Dan Quinn defense. You know, he plays a somewhat similar game to Richard Sherman in that they're both not the most athletic cornerback, but they're tall, long, good size, and very smart. Uh, 
I don't think any of Diggs' interceptions have been flukes or gimmies this year. Yeah, he is getting in and staying in phase with the receivers. He's reading the receiver. He's reading the quarterback and just undercutting routes, playing the ball and playing it really, really well. Yeah. Basically, look at it this way. Quarterbacks who target him have a passer rating of 28 right now. Uh, I don't know if, yeah, it it might be worth it if they, to just leave him on an island and look elsewhere. Uh, Try to get Saquon Barkley out in space like we saw last week. Go to Kadarius Toney. If Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are back, you know, go there, you know, if Colin Johnson or, you know, whoever, you know, just maybe just look elsewhere. If you don't know, you're going to have separation from Trevin Diggs. So that's a, you know, a good point that you've, you lead into there is, is other avenues to get the football to. And I think that you have to point to the fact that this linebacker group has been struggling and has been the weaker point on this defense not it's not like they've been abysmal and have been a just atrocious group like one of the worst in the NFL that's not what i'm getting at it helps that Micah Parsons is playing well and it makes them look better but them cutting Jalen Smith i think is a clear indication that they are struggling at linebacker and that might be the approach here is attacking the middle of the field attacking where they're just not doing an effective job of locking guys down because they don't have very good linebackers similar to what we're seeing teams do against the Giants. And and that also could incorporate running the ball more. If they can maybe uh, duo block um, Osa, Oadigizua, and try and create space that way, like maybe stuff up the middle would be more available. That might be their best avenue to having a productive day, similar to what we saw last week. Uh, Yeah. I think the other part of Jalen Smith getting cut, which was a surprise, uh, it looks like he's going to the Packers if he hasn't signed there already. Uh, I believe he did sign there. I think he did. Uh, They're getting Keanu Neal back from the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, Neal came up, former first round pick, Neal played strong safety for the Falcons under Dan Quinn. And he kind of followed... Quinn over to the Cowboys. He switched to linebacker, uh, kind of a star will linebacker. Yeah, getting him back should help their athleticism in the middle of the field. Also, I have read that they want to get Jabril Cox, the fourth round rookie out of LSU, also North Dakota State, played most of his football in North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is another really athletic off ball coverage linebacker. So it could be that just moving on from Jalen Smith, you know, he, he was a fantastic story. He was one of my favorite college players to watch back in 2015. He was just electric on that Notre Dame defense, but you know, time and that injury, he's not the same player. Mm-hmm. They getting Keanu Neal back, maybe getting Jabril Cox on the field that this could wind up being a net a net benefit for the Cowboys defense, but it's also probably a good place to attack at at the very least, just to feel it out and see if there's going to be any give there, Mm -hmm. especially if you could get quick yards there to maybe neutralize this pass rush. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult matchup for the giants this weekend across the board. Like I think the rest of the schedule is 
But as I said in the beginning of the show, anytime that the Giants have faced off against the Dallas Cowboys and one team might be struggling and trying to get back on their feet and the other one is is ascending, we have seen it happen where the other team has shocked the other one because it almost doesn't even matter the record. It doesn't even matter the quality of team. Both of these squads tend to come in swinging because just because of the rivalry itself. So that is always something to, to remember. It's almost like a 0-0 game with, with no knowledge of how these teams played previously. Could be how this game plays out. So folks, be sure to stay tuned for our live stream after the game, reacting to what happens. Hopefully it's a Giants win and the Giants can string together back-to-back victories and beat their hated rival, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, also, wherever you're listening and tuning into this, be sure to hit the subscribe button if it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Make sure you hit subscribe. 